Hi everybody, welcome to the Agatsu Physical Culture Podcast. I'm Sean Mosen and I'm sitting here with Alex Troco. Alex, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for your interest. Uh, I'm super interested. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Alex just wrote an amazing book, The Future of Boxing, which I very accidentally stumbled upon. I was in Toronto in one of my students' gyms at the Academy of Lions, and um, one of my other students came running over and said, you gotta check out this book. It's an amazing boxing book. And I sat down, I'm flipping through this giant thing, and I've seen picture after picture of all these greats. I'm like, there's interviews, there's, there's everything in it. I was losing my mind. <laughs> I flipped to the front, and I looked at my student, I said, I know this guy. I know who this guy is. He used to own the gym that I worked at. Did you know back then, while you were at TriStar, that I was actually working on this you know project? I, I remembered when I saw the book that it must have been right before, right around the time I guess I, I stopped teaching because I was on the road and didn't have time to teach martial arts. Um, but I remember we had a conversation. You told me, kind of in passing, that you had an idea and you wanted to write a book. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it sounded like a good idea. And you would, I remember now, yeah, it was about- So prior to me hitting the road. Yes, yeah. but I didn't, I didn't, I kind of forgot about it, of course, and I haven't been, you know, to TriStar in a while, and uh, also- you Probably longer, said, the guy's right? crazy. Yeah, you know? He's never gonna- like, okay. <laughs> Well, it, once you know the whole story, it does sound crazy, right? <laughs> I mean, when you look at the finished product, of course, it's great. Like most people, when they see the finished product for anything, they go, but yeah, of course, that's a great idea. Makes sense. <laughs> it yeah. makes sense. Yeah. But it, the whole story doesn't really make sense. So for everyone who's listening, and you know, part of the reason why I wanted to have you on is because I think the story is very extraordinary. The 55 stories are also extraordinary. And the whole idea is transcends boxing. It's beyond boxing. Thank because you. Because... Thank you. <laughs> I, I, listen, I love boxing, I love fighting, I love martial arts, I love all of these things. So, of course, I had an interest in, you know, my student used to know and they would run and bring me a book like that. But when I'm reading the book, when I'm watching the DVD interviews, the last thing I kind of been thinking about is fighting because everything they're talking about relates to everyone's life. This is we should life. hire you as a promoter. <laughs> you should. <laughs> we'll discuss after. Good. So, for me, but you're, you're right. You're, the, you're spot on. The interesting story first is okay. You're you're own, you own a gym in Montreal. It's a very successful gym. A lot of fighters coming out uh, now. This you know this gym is well known around the world. Not just because, originally because of boxers. You know, on the top, made a lot of top boxers, training, well, I mean, trainers, yeah, coaches but, there. But mainly because of mixed martial yeah, artists now, like George yeah, and so you know, on. George Saint Pierre, yeah. uh, David Loiseau, so many. This mm. long Ivan Menjivar yeah, and Ivan, so on. Yeah. It, it's a who's who. Uh, of you know the top MMAs in Canada and now around the world passing yeah. in and out. So if we go back to that, you know, you and I standing there, I'm teaching a martial arts class, you own this place, you get this idea. But and, and if I may add, yeah. I was also promoting boxing back then. Yeah. I had a small company called right. Starbox. And not the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> um, and a big company. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, a small company. Yeah. And um, I, I think I had promoted about 50-something shows at that time, uh, both uh, professional right. and amateur, because I, I initially started with fight nights. Right. And you yourself were a, a boxer. Th there a was a time where I, I, threw, yeah. I tried to throw a couple you of punches. punches. Okay. Um, but yeah, and, and the idea of the book came from the fact that I wanted to learn more yeah. about the business of boxing. So initially, yeah. it was 
to satisfy my personal uh, questions. Yeah. And books are part of our family. Yeah. My father, my grandfather, my grandmother all wrote books about their passion. And I said, well, wait a minute. How about I combine my passion yeah. for boxing and the idea of a book? And that's how it started. Yeah, so it, you mentioned it in the DVD, but you also mentioned it in the beginning of the book that you know you wanted, you had questions, you wanted to ask, uh, you wanted to find out. There's no university, there's no school, True. there's no there's, class. You can't go to Harvard, you know? yeah, so as I say go in to the book. Concordia or McGill and try to find the, the expert on boxing over there and ask him a bunch of questions about True. you know uh, Jake LaMotta or you know Tyson or there's, there's nobody to go to other than these guys. And what I think is so interesting is that. You got to them. But before we get to that, you have the idea. You, you want to do this. Did you really think you were going to be able to get to these guys? Yes. Why? Because when you have the desire to accomplish something, yeah. especially when it has never been done before, yeah. and you have the ability to communicate yeah. with people, and a little bit of resources, right. um, there's never enough resources. Yeah. But when you have that and you have the burning desire to make it happen, I really, really believe whatever the field may be, yeah. you can make it happen. There are so many examples out there yeah. that made me believe that, okay, this is what I was going to do. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. It was really, really challenging more than once. After two years of, hey, I have this idea, yeah. I still had not found a way to get together with these great That's champions. True. So, yeah. Well, also you're saying, you know, burning desire, it goes beyond this because you, you have to do some fairly crazy stuff to, to get the ball rolling. Because true. I always have people that, you know, come to me, even recently somebody came to me, they're interested in starting up something and they wanted some advice. And I said, look, you have a good idea, but let me tell you right now, it's a boulder. You know, like in Indiana Jones, that's what it is. To start to push it is the worst thing in the world. Anyone who's ever tried to do something like what you've done that hasn't been done, it's pushing a massive boulder. That's why so many quit, because it, there is no give at the beginning, nothing. Once it rolls, it's devastating. It will just keep rolling and move anything out of its path. But to get it to start is really difficult. True. Right? Mind you, you in my case, I have to say there was very often obstacles. Yeah. When I say obstacles is, for example, um, short of cash flow yeah. to go meet Muhammad Ali when you're giving the address yeah. um, and the, the opportunity to, sure. to make it happen. Um, or when, let's say, you're trying to meet with Manny Pacquiao yeah. and at the end of the day, it never happens. Yeah. Because... Although the manager says, oh, yeah, 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 we'll do it. Sure. Uh, then the guy is just everywhere in the world at the same time. Um, Can't make the time work. Yeah. That's it. When you finally have enough points on your credit card to pay for the flight yeah. uh, and you want to go there, uh, well, he's not there. Now he's in L.A. Yeah. But he's training and he's not talking to anybody. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not a journalist. Yeah. I'm doing this book. And so, for example, those things, at some point in time, you say to yourself, shit. Yeah, of course. Is it going to be as great as I think it should? And those are moments where you, you start, you know, if you, you doubt. Well, you, you began, but you ended up selling off the gym. 
and True. going on the road for what you thought was going to be about two years, True. which ended up being five years. I mean, this is a big risk to take. And I know you're married and you have a daughter. Yeah. And, uh, this is a huge. I don't want. I can imagine what that conversation must it's, have been like. I have a great idea. <laughs> Listen, let's get rid of the business, <laughs> and uh, I'll take the money, and I'll hop on a plane, and I'll go once a month uh, mm-hmm. to interview some of the, you know, the, the most interesting people in the fight world. Yeah. And uh, and, b- and by the way, yeah, by the I'm way. I'm running out of cash. So yeah. how about I sell the car as well and the house? Yeah. 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 No, th- those are true. Has she been sainted formally yet? <laughs> has there been a ceremony? I don't know what. Uh, Whatever has to be done, the, she must be the most patient woman in the world. Well, I'm, I'm very lucky because Sandy is also someone who uh, has her own business, mm-hmm. has taken risks, yeah. uh, and devoted herself to her passion, which is uh, taking care of actors and providing them the best environment possible mm-hmm. for them to do what they like to right. do. And so, she, you know, she I, I, I don't want to say she had nothing to say, but at the right. same time, she understood okay. uh, and you know there are some uh, key moments where you say to yourself well what's a Ferrari in the garage going to do for us when we don't know how we're going to pay the rent uh, or put food on our table so and it's winter time but you can't sell a Ferrari yeah. even if it's a collector's edition yeah. you know from 1985 and it's worth let's say because I, I think I got $45,000 for it yeah. uh, winter time is not a good time to sell that kind of car so yeah. there, there are but again I was fortunate to have some things to sell yeah to make this happen. Um, so enough about the finances. Well, yes, so it, now it, it, you, you risk so much. Yeah. Because listen, if I'm sitting there and I'm, you know, like I was saying, I'm sitting on a subway and I'm listening to this. I'm interested in fighting. I'm interested in these fighters. Or I'm not interested in fighting, but I'm interested in why somebody would do that, right? Because everybody's interested in people that follow their dream, that accomplish their dream, because mm-hmm. so few do. Most people that I meet, they're not very happy. They're not happy professionally. They, they, there's always something that they wanted to do, right? So when we hear a story about somebody who's done it, who's done what they wanted, wanted to create something and did create something like that, I think that's very interesting. And that's also what strikes me about the book, is that's what I'm reading about, right? So if, if you have this burning idea, this burning thing you want to do, you're risking so much. But that's the thing. It right? comes with risk. Yeah. Wh- whoever does not risk. Yeah will never accomplish anything. Right. I mean, unless you win the lottery. Yeah. Uh, but then again. Even then, you took a couple of bucks <laughs> yeah. in your pocket and <laughs> you, you took a chance, exactly. right? Exactly. Unless somebody handed it, you a ticket. If you don't take risk, yeah. and again, depending on the individual, yeah. you have different levels of risk that someone can actually sure. uh, take. You know, my back hurts because I still have financial worries for yeah, the, next, the next 12, 24 months, I guess. Yeah. Um, you have to, and again, whether you are a journalist, a lawyer, weightlifter, a fighter, uh, or a doctor, there are some moments where you have to ask yourself, do I take this road or do I take this road? Yeah. And sometimes it can be a bumpy road. Yeah. So. No, that's what I think also if we get to the questions that you wanted to ask these fighters, because what I think is very interesting is, is the questions that you ask them. There's questions in there 
great for a boxing aficionado who's very interested in, in you know, what do you think you're, like, this guy? What the, yeah, the technical what aspect. Was punch? What, but, what was the most important But that was not the core. Right? The core was... Yeah, those are interesting. Yeah. And those are interesting to me. But the core... Well, the, the core yeah. was the human approach yeah. of where did they grow up? Why did they decide to become fighters? Um, what are the sacrifices that they had to do to get to the to the top, like to, to reach the pinnacle of their sport? Um, did they have any regrets? Uh, were there certain things that for the future, because the title is the future of boxing, yeah. that they would change or suggest uh, to decision makers that are yeah. making the sport the way it is today, um, potentially better for the fighters well for basically for everybody is involved yeah. you know um, right now we're January 2013 there's uh, big uh, problems in a hockey league in the yeah. NHL and you would think that's not even possible because these guys have so much so much income so yeah. much organization so many people involved so many agents and it's supposed to be super well structured mm -hmm. But yet it blows and up yet, very often. Exactly. Right? So if you pace that to, to, to boxing, boxing could become a better environment. And that's one of the things that was part of my, on my quest. You right. know, it was on my checklist. Can we make boxing a better place? Well, that's what I like when you asking, especially like um, you ask the old timers, you know, what should a fighter coming up to? They're all saying fight, lots of fighting. You fight a lot. The kids don't fight enough today. Right? Yeah. So okay, that's you know it, it's interesting. And some of them also, uh, I can't remember who now, in the book, but uh, again one of the old time uh, timers, he's he's talking about how boxing used to be on TV all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. Well, they, they, they most of them yeah. said it. Carmen Basilio yeah. and now it's it's a it's a pay per view, yeah. right? Yeah. That's it. So a big fight is going to be on pay per view. But if you're at home. And you're thinking, should I spend 50, 80, you know, or more bucks to watch this fight? But you haven't been watching this guy's career. Where's the investment? Or, or, or even you, if you, even yeah. if you actually followed him, yeah. the last time you saw him fight was six months ago. Yeah, if, right? You know, and then yeah. you also have a question mark in terms of his opponent yeah. because. I'm using the word opponent. Right. Um, sometimes they just feed him yeah. an opponent for actually another big fight. Sure. You know, these guys fight sometimes, like especially in the case of Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather, right. they're guaranteed $25 million. Yeah. Now, back in the days, you still had fighters fighting for, let's say, $5 million, $8 million, right. yet they would fight very often. Yeah. So... And it, it, it was showing on close circuit, but the the um, uh, fights were just more frequent. Yeah. And you were able to follow the Sugar Ray Leonard, sure. the Roberto Duran, and those guys just on a more frequent base. Yeah, I think it got people more interested. And there's also another great quote in the book. Um, one of the guys said, you know, as the heavyweights go, so mm -hmm. the boxing. And this to me has been, I, I related as soon as I read that, because... I can't remember the last time I watched a boxing match. And I used to watch them all the time. Yeah. And part of the reason is I'm not that excited about the heavyweights. There's no excitement for them. There's yeah. no character. There's no... There, there isn't someone that kind oh, of... Oh, you, you have the Klitschko's. Yeah. And I, I told you I watched that, that documentary and I really I liked it. I recently saw it. It was really, really good. I all of a sudden really liked the guys. I 
really got interested well, in them. I like the am story. I wrong to think that yeah. one thing that you probably like is yeah. that at some point, these guys were actually uh, tagged as yeah. quitters. Yeah. You know, but they're not. They're not, not at all. It's just right? they had a bad day. Yeah. They came back. Yeah. And they came back stronger. Yeah. And right now, they're actually just dominating everybody they put in there, front of them. A, it's a super interesting story for both of these guys. Yep. But again, part of the problem, like you said a second ago, opponent. Not that they're necessarily feeding, you know, them tomato cans. But who's that exciting for them to fight? True. Who are you going to tell me, Sean? Especially, you fight this weekend. Especially yeah. with their fighting style. Yeah. Then... I mean, not so good opponent with kind of security first, safety first style. Yes. Uh, it doesn't make for a very exciting <laughs> fight, right? No, no. no. I mean, I, used, I, used, I knew people when I was growing up that we would get together for a Tyson fight. People who had never watched boxing in their life would show up at the house. Absolutely. Who, who, whoever was because there was a buzz. Because it was Tyson was fighting. Yep. Or Holyfield was there. They were like, ooh, Holyfield's fighting? They're coming yeah. on. So you don't watch boxing? It doesn't matter. Sean, I have two watch. fun questions yeah. for you. Yeah. Since you watch Klitschko. Yeah. Did you see, do you remember when they, they, they fly, actually Vitaly, the older brother. Yeah. And a small group comes to America in Atlantic City yes. to fight in kickboxing. Kickboxing, yeah. yeah. Did you notice someone in there no. who's wearing a pink hat? <laughs> who's wearing a pink hat? Victor Vargotsky. He was from TriStar. Yeah. Well, fr well, from the Ukrainian team. Yeah, yeah, that's he, crazy. He was with the team back he was then. With them back then. He, and yeah. That's amazing. You didn't notice, huh? I didn't notice You'd have to it. check it again. I'm now I'm going to want to rewatch it. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And the, the other thing that I want to ask you, do you remember, I mean, sadly, he, he's no longer part of the team because he... he Uh, died a couple of months ago, but Emmanuel Stewart, mm -hmm. how many times was he, I don't want to say pissed, but he was yeah. trying to push Vladimir yeah. to, to knock out his opponents, yes. and yeah. he, he wasn't going that extra, you know, that yeah. extra mile to do it, yeah. so. That's it. Yeah. Because. You need that excitement. You it, need the entertainment yes, part. Yes, the guy has to, the fighter can't just win. You know, like a lot of time we hear now, he's, he, the guy gets W's. Say what you want about him, the guy gets, you know, mm -hmm. wins. Mm -hmm. it's very nice, <laughs> and that's great, but that's not going to leave a legacy. No. You know? Um, it, it's everything around that. We even see it in MMA. MMA, it's still, it's, it's exciting, it's still growing, it's still young, but it's changed a lot from, like, the days where I was doing uh, color commentary with uh, TKO. Yeah, you have guys like George who are no longer Rush. Yeah. <laughs> George is when, George St. Pierre. Yeah, when I was, you know, sitting there and doing commentary and yeah. George would fight, it, everybody was letting it all hang out because, and, you know, I understand, they didn't have what they have now to lose, mm -hmm. right? But even back in, in those times, everybody, they were fighting. It was very different the way that they were fighting. Now, people are smart. They're very calculated. They're fighting very infrequently. The fights are, quite frankly, not that exciting, most of them. Unless you get two really... Well, George's really last fight was great. But this was amazing. Be, be, because he was coming back and it made it... It yeah. was dramatic with that kick yeah. and so on. But but you're right. It's not... He, he's... It's him like too, boxing. right now, it's he's... It's not the same he's when you're win trying first. to win. Yeah. As opposed to when you're trying to put the guy away. Yeah. When you watch two boxers get in and they're both committed to putting the other guy away, you could have an amazing fight. Right? And that's when you get the magic, you know, of, uh, you know, Hagler, Hearns, mm -hmm. and all these. Because mm -hmm. these are not... Well, actually, at every level. Yeah. At every it, level. Everything. When you have a guy going out there taking risks. Yes. Goes back to what I was saying earlier. Whether you're in the ring, in your 
laboratoire, laboratory or whatever you are, you are, there are moments where you have to take risks yeah. and the results can actually be memorable. That's whatever the field may be. That's what Rocky, that's what Sylvester Stallone captured yes, when he was writing those, those, those movies. And that's why you don't have to be into boxing to, no. to feel that. And you don't have to be into boxing to want to read about that. Yeah. Because I think it strikes a chord. Like, you, you travel around, you said, about once a month. To, to meet with these guys? In, in average, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, fi fi more than 55 interviews over a five-year period. It makes yeah. it uh, an average of once a month. You had challenges, you had uh, obstacles, you know, to make some of the things happen. Who were you, uh, obviously, I mean, the, like the wall <laughs> beside us. Anybody who uh, has any even passing interest in boxing would want to meet any of these guys. Was there anyone that, or ones in particular that very nervous to sit across from yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The, the one i was the most nervous yeah. about was george foreman what? and it's it's so funny because i actually dreamt of him last night yeah um i was dreaming he was visiting me in montreal yeah and he was sitting on the floor uh explaining that he was not really comfortable because of the way the, the flight went okay. and i was like really why and he said It, this is all in my dream, yeah. and he said, "Well, because I'm not I'm not used to fly commercial anymore." And I was like, "Well, I'm," I st and I started crying. I was like, "I'm so sorry. If, if I could have afforded to right. to fly you first class, I would have. You know, it will come soon." But yeah, yeah. and the reason why I was visiting Montreal is because I was asking him to help me with the promotion uh, and 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 the distribution and right. so on, and potentially going to that channel, uh, QVC. Okay. You know, because I do believe this book is meant. See, we, throughout the, uh, I'm just doing a sidebar, yeah. the Christmas period, so many women bought the book yeah. for their uh, boyfriend and husbands, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, and he was saying, yeah, but it's really not comfortable. And I was saying, yeah, but hold on a second. You get to have the most incredible conversations right. in economy some very different conversations than the ones you have yes. in, in first class, you know? And he was like, yeah, you're right, you're right. It makes you remember where you come from. But to answer your question, I was very uh, nervous because George Foreman is an extremely smart man. Um, he comes across, you know, as this big teddy bear with yeah. a smile, but he's very intimidating. Um, I knew, see, he, remember the, the, well, you just said you watched it last night, the, yeah, the, the when movie we were When kings, We Were Kings. Yeah. He was the bad guy. Yeah. You know, he was, he was really a bad, bad oh, guy. He was intimidating in that. True. And so um, I read his book. See, I got to know last minute, not last minute, but like I had a week and a half notice right. that he was accepting to, to see me. Um, it's Angelo Dundee, yep. uh, the ex-coach sure. of Muhammad Ali, who also coached uh, Foreman when he did his comeback, yeah. who arranged for me to meet him. And I wanted to make sure, like, I knew everything that I could. Exactly. So, to get there was also a challenge. I had to fly from Montreal to Toronto, Toronto to New Orleans, New Orleans to uh, Houston, you know, because yeah. you're trying to save dollars sure. to, to make it happen. And, Anyway, I'm, I'm there, and I was so nervous that I actually had a cold sore that started, and I felt like I had a, 
a dime, you know, like a, the, the size of an apple, yeah. a big diamond on my face. And um, he, he uh, how can I say? His presence, his yeah. questions, everything keeps you on your toes, yeah. you know? And like you said, you don't want to screw it up. You don't want to offend him because he could just... Yeah. You can put an end to it. And that's it. Yeah. That's it. Um, it happened many times, actually, you know, because I'm not a boxing historian. Um, I, I know a thing or two by now. Yeah. Um, but it's hard to describe the, 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 the challenge of sitting in front of a guy that you watched yeah. in documentaries, in old footage of tape, um, I mean, old, old fights uh, on, on the internet. Yeah. It's, it's hard to describe actually sitting across from them like you and I are doing yeah. right now and going, one part of your brain is going, holy shit, this is happening. Yeah. Um, you have the same list of questions you've asked for numerous years. Sure. Um, you don't want to influence any answers mm -hmm. by prior and response that you got from other, sure. you know, characters, yeah. let's put it this way. Um, so, yeah, George Foreman was one. Evander Holyfield yeah. was another one. Um, Julio Cesar Chavez, because it was through uh, a translator, okay. completely different background. Sure. Uh, so, th th you know, I, I have to actually turn my back and look at the list. Um, Roy Jones Jr., Yeah. who at first, he's an extremely nice guy. So you would think it's a walk in the park. But at first, right. when, you don't, when he doesn't know you, and he's actually not even really looking, well, he was sitting in front of me, but yeah. uh, we, we did that interview in a car, in, in a, a, not a car, but a, a four-door uh, king cab. What do you call those trucks there? Uh, you know, the, like a pickup truck, but with four doors? Oh, yeah, okay. And he's sitting in the front. I'm sitting in the back. And, uh, you know, he's just not even looking at me when, I'm, when he's right. answering the question or even looking at the camera that is the kind right. kid next to me is holding. Those moments, you know, you're like, Holy shit. Yeah. This is, <laughs> like, this is, is he happy? Is, is he, he happy? happy? Is he yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so yeah. those are moments where you, I, I felt, I didn't feel nervous, but I felt that I needed to create some kind of bonding. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I was coming from gym ownership background yeah. slash promoter slash bled in the ring as well, yeah. um, uh, fought in the ring as well, it, it really, really helped yeah. at key moments uh, sharing that information. It's not, another, it's not another guy from the outside who thinks he's going to write a book about boxing. True. And, and no disrespect. Yeah, no, no, I, no disrespect no, to whomever. But it's, but it's different. I mean, if somebody comes to me and they're from my world and, and we sit down and we talk, uh, there's a common language. We, we, we can discuss things. They know what I'm talking about. Yeah. If we talk yeah. about sacrifice and suffering in a gym, um, we've both experienced that. We know what that's like. 100% um, right. You know what it feels like to get punched in the face yeah, or to not... You know, to, to go through the sacrifices yeah, you need to, to go through. To wake up when everyone is sleeping, to go to train. To run. The last thing you want yep. to do in the world, right? Um, I, I hear all the time people say, you're so lucky this, you're so lucky that. And uh, not just for myself, but for some of my friends that have made it in film and made it in, you know, uh, on 
TV and I would lay here and luck, luck, so ten, luck tends to come when you hard when you where your hard work is paying off. Yeah, exactly. When I was hanging out of a giant box and uh, the freezing rain moving uh, 18,000 pounds of kettlebells myself, I wasn't lucky that day, you know, with, and that was my <laughs> no, I, that's I took it. my heating money to pay for those kettlebells. That wasn't luck, right? Yeah. I took a chance. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's fortunate that it worked out the way it did, but luck did not play a factor in you know, luck is like you said, the lottery. That's would be very nice and that's lucky. But it's the same thing. When you're going to train and talk with these guys, all of the stuff that happened before that you did is for sure going to, you know, they're going to go, okay. So you're he's asking right. a question like a guy who has, a, you know, lives in the same world, has been a part of this world. So for sure that's got to impact yeah. you. Who surprised you the most with what they said or maybe Mike Tyson. Yeah. Mike Tyson. Yeah. Mike Tyson. Well, again, sitting across from Mike Tyson, you never know. I would have to say, <laughs> I don't, I, uh, you know what, I, I, in this I've been fortunate as well. I've met a lot of like my, you know, everybody's MMA Heroes. idols. Yeah. I've trained with them. I've actually sparred with them. Yeah. I don't get, if a guy walked in the room right now, I wouldn't get that excited. I'd be like, oh, cool, very nice to meet you. It would be nice, but I don't get, you know, Tyson, I think I would be freaked out <laughs> if I was yeah, sitting across yeah. from Tyson. That would really, uh, you know, because I remember being, you know, like a kid watching. Tyson. And going like, holy yeah, So sh- I can't yeah, imagine yeah. what it would be like to walk yeah. in and, and go, okay, I'm going to talk to Tyson yeah, now, you know? Yeah. Um, we're in his, th- this is, you know, in also a, a place where he's comfortable and sure. I'm supposed to blend in. It's his house. Okay. Uh, his wife is kind enough to arrange it for me yeah. she's not too far away she's in the kitchen yeah. it's, it's a beautiful big house whoever thinks Mike Tyson's not doing well and he's bankrupt <laughs> he's, he's doing okay I, if, hey, I want to go bankrupt yeah. like that too no he, he, he actually had a bankruptcy in 2003 okay. where years later he did, ve- he did very well the last couple of years um, now throughout the interview as I said part of your brain is going oh wow yeah you know, and the other part is trying to accomplish um, what you need to accomplish and not forget questions and so on and so on. Yeah. Uh, I remember, just to give you the, uh, the mood, um, there are some questions where he was very happy to answer them. Sure. And there are some others where, you know, after, uh, it's kind of strange, but he, his, his daughter was... I think three at the time. Okay. She was just walking around, sticking lollipops in my back, yeah. and I, I'm keeping my smile and my cool. Of course, you know, yeah. it's, it's not for TV. There's no sure. crew. It's just him and I. And he's trying to tell her not to do that and this and that. And then my next question on the list is, what's your fondest memory? Right. And we're not in the zone anymore, you know? And sure. he goes, why the F would I tell you my fondest memory? Who the F are you? Maybe I should tell you to get the F out of my house. That's relaxing. <laughs> that comes as a surprise, you yeah. know? That could be like, whoa, what yeah, yeah. did, you know, did your wires just touch and you, right. <laughs> you tilted or something? Yeah. But... So what did you it's, do? Well, it's the same thing as when you're in the ring. You know, yeah. you get an unexpected punch. Everybody has you a plan answer, until you, they you, get hit. True. Yeah. And then you answer back with, you fire back a, a jab just yeah. to get your balance again. And I simply said, well, I'm glad you're not telling me to leave your house. Can we continue now? Yeah. And 
after that, he said, listen, try to understand I've been a, 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 for, for like 20 something years, no, 30 years. He said, since I'm 13 years of age, I have a camera in my face. Yeah. And I've been asked all kinds of questions. Sure. And I said, I totally respect that. So I moved to other questions that had to do more with the sport. Yeah. And he was so candid. So to answer your question, what surprised me the most? Mike Tyson talking about problems today in boxing mm -hmm. with enhancing drugs. I was going like, really like, oh, wow, this is great, you know? Right. And I'm not a journalist. Yeah. So it's not like I can actually leave there and put this on the yeah. web or, 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 or to the New York Times yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's in the book. Yeah. So, so, you know, those things that were surprising, that will continue to be surprising for whoever picks up the book and sure. reads it, um, are just moments where you said, I said to myself, again and again and again, I gotta make this happen. I gotta make this happen. You know, yeah. we gotta, now, now we gotta wrap the interviews. And, you know, after Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, George Foreman, and the, the last big names that I really wanted to be part of the book, right. I said, okay, we don't have Manny Pacquiao, we don't have Floyd Mayweather, sure. but at the same time, we have so much great, great, great material. Let's, let's, let's edit everything right. and let's go to print. Because it's not just fighters, it's, it's fighters, it's trainers. Trainers, yeah, really, some promoters. Yeah, it's really a look at boxing from all these insiders' perspectives. Yes. And what people have to go through and what they had to go through to put the fights together, to, to put events together, to um, all of their experiences, right? And what's nice also is that you get kind of a nice uh, chronology, a nice history of boxing at the beginning. Well, so I cannot take credit for that, yeah, no, except except inviting uh, Michael Rosenthal to, right. to do that. But he did a great job. Phenomenal. What's fantastic is for somebody who's not uh, you know, a boxing aficionado, yep. they read that. They get a nice sense of the history of where things have come from. And then... Especially with the timeline. Yes, did you see exactly. the timeline the after? The timeline is great. Everything is great. But they see like the historic placement of certain fights and how it changed things. And then they can read from the words of these different fighters and promoters. They can read about um, their perspective of what, what, what's going on now and, and why it's important and, and what it brought to their life. And, yeah. And, and um, what needs to be done. That's it. As I, as I think what, you know, what's interesting with any type of combat sport, and, and it can be almost any sport, because you know what? There are people that say, why do two guys need to get in the ring and punch each other in the head? <laughs> Okay, why don't you, why a bunch of guys gotta wear tight pants and put a helmet on and smash each other uh, senseless uh, chasing after a ball, right? You can say that about anything. Yep. This is a, it's a bloody dangerous sport, of course. And most of the time it's way for you know, a kid to get out of the ghetto. But there's a lot of things that that training will bring to someone's life. Regardless Absolutely. of whether they fight or they don't fight. And, you know, and also regardless, exactly, yeah. regardless of what level of success they achieve. Yeah. Um, you know, Emmanuel Stewart, who to me, after Angelo Dundee, was the really the best, best, best trainer out there. Um, he often said, we need more trainers. I mean, we need more teachers, mm -hmm. not just people who train guys, but people who teach them. Because the values that you learn in the gym, going through those efforts, like you said, waking up in the morning and so on, it will, f um, uh, what's the word in English? Uh, 
en, en French, we say former. Ça, yeah. it, 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 it will, it, exactly. It will shape yeah. and create guidelines that will be good for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, there are some times, see, even for me, there are some times where I was saying to myself, ah, you know, it's easy to want to take a day off or something or, 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 or stay in bed, sure. um, you know, when you're completely jet lag yeah. and so on. But truth is, you have a three-year-old daughter who's waking up and uh, you got to be ready when, you know, when, when you're being called. And so you wake up earlier and uh, you, you're on your toes and, and you make things happen, you know. Same thing for interviews, same thing. I remember flying to um, London and upon arrival, and I think I was arriving from like Las Vegas to Toronto, Toronto, Montreal, Montreal, Uh, I think I slept one or two nights here, then flew to London, and at, I think I arrived like at 8. At 12, I had to be fresh at Joey Galzaghi's place yeah. uh, in Notting Hill for his interview. Yeah. Oh, no, no, sorry. That was David Hay. Okay. And he, so, so he's not ready. He's like, oh, he's at a ho other hotel because he was sponsored by hotels. To make a long story short, five or six hours later, so you're completely like... Yeah, wrong out. Yeah? He said, okay, he'll receive you right now. And door opens, you enter his suite, and the freaking guy was having a nap. He is in his, in his uh, wardrobe, yeah. um, getting his beads done, yeah. and he's answering his cell phone while you're doing the interview, and he's being, almost being like a young punk. Yeah. Uh, disrespectful punk up until the moment yeah. where you say to yourself I'm fucking out of here yeah. okay this is ridiculous yeah. uh, you're not even a great fighter I admire you but yeah. come on man yeah. what are you trying to do here and at some point believe it or not he takes out he, and uh, he's answering a call he goes to the other room and he goes here just read this it will occupy you and, and, until I come back And it's my magazine. So I read his magazine, and I see pages on George. Yeah. George St. Pierre was featured in his magazine. And I'm like, ah, interesting. So when he comes back, I make it a point to yeah. leave it open on these pages. Sure. And I said, um, he goes, uh, isn't this guy from Canada too? Yeah. I said, yes. As a matter of fact, I used to sponsor him, and I helped him Uh, shape his life yeah. uh, at very key uh, moments where he needed help yeah. and uh, he actually asked me to manage him yeah. and this and this and that and I used to own the gym where then everything changed all of a sudden you became interesting all of a sudden yeah. it's not that I became interesting yeah. he showed respect yeah. and you know when you enter a ring it's the same thing you gotta make the effort yeah. to get respect you gotta throw that jab sharp enough yeah. so the guy will say mm -mm, mm -hmm. I gotta be careful every move I make yeah. you know it's the first key things that you have to do whether when you wake up in the morning yeah. you enter a ring or you're doing an actual interview there are some key moments where you and you only yeah. can make things go your way yeah. or like I said earlier I could have said This is ridiculous. I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm tired. This is stupid. I'm not getting anything good out of this guy. Yeah. That's it. I'm done. 
and turned out we actually did a really good interview. Um, David promised me to buy 10,000 books, so then he got my interest. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we, we had great time. I remember uh, we, we stayed together until like 9.30 at night, drove me around in his uh, beautiful Mercedes yeah. in London and so on. But it's just to say, you have these moments where you either go left or go right or yeah. go straight, but only you can make those decisions. Yeah, and I think that's what's interesting, and that's why, um, you know, was, uh, as soon as I came and, uh, you know, after checking out the book, I came to see you, and people were asking me, and I told them, I said, it's great, but it's a great thing because that's the stuff that's interesting to me. It's the, the story behind it. It's the story behind yeah. it, and, and the story behind the fighters. You can see the fight. You can go watch all fights. People can see that stuff. It's what the guys are like, what they've gone through, what you don't see. That's interesting. Guys, you know, nowadays they watch a UFC, that's what they see. They don't see the stuff that I've seen in the gym. They don't see the stuff behind, before the guy goes out, you know, uh, after, when they're in the back crying. They don't see all of this other stuff. You know, they're like, uh, I want to be a fighter, I want to this, I want to... They see all kinds of, you know, they see the final result. They see a guy or, or a girl, they see them getting fame, getting this. They don't know what they sacrificed to get what they got. Yeah. They don't realize that the small population of, from that group of fighters that will ever hit that height did it because they were willing to do anything to, to get to there. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing in business and it's the same thing in anything else. And it's, but it's nice because you're making the effort of meeting, I mean, me is one thing, but I, I've done, I'm, at the end of the day, I'm just a messenger, you know, putting the book together was 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 something I wanted to do but basically you're going out there and you're providing information to people that are interested whoever's listening yeah. giving them access to like you said the behind the scenes or the after yeah. effects well, of, read, of a fight know, and so on you read the chapter you read uh, Nino talking about being a kid uh, we were talking about this before yes. off, off uh, before we started recording and so of all the things that I read in in his story What's the one thing I can't get out of my head? He biked 30 kilometers to get to the gym and then 30 kilometers back after training. Morning, absolutely. Right? Why can't I get that out of my head? Because to me, it's the perfect example of a guy who was willing to do anything to learn what he wanted and to learn. And especially he did not need to. No, he didn't. I mean, yeah. he needed to to accomplish what he wanted to do. Yeah. But, but financially, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, now, if you're in New York, yeah. you know you have, at the time, you have gyms everywhere. Yeah. When you're in uh, his neck of the wood, yeah. in, in what is now Italy, yeah. um, it's very, very rare yeah. that you won't have to go, you know, through 20, 30 kilometers to make this happen. Now, believe it or not, today, at the same time as we're talking, yeah. you have people in Africa and other countries like that doing the same thing to get an education yeah you know and these guys have so much merit so again yeah. like it comes back to the fact that you have to get out of your comfort zone to accomplish what you want and what are you really willing to do for Correct. what you say you want there's a big difference between saying I want something I want lots of stuff but some of that stuff I'm not going to get because you know what frankly I'm not that willing to do what it takes to, to get those things they're not that important to me they'd be pleasant but they're not I'm not motivated enough by them and you know like a story like that is going to stick with me because 
I, I meet so many people that work very hard, but I also meet so many people that are lazy. You know, like in fitness and training, they're like, oh, I used to go to this place, but it's, it's far. So I don't train there anymore. Uh, there's a place opened up around the corner for me. I go there. Is it, is it any good? No, it's very bad, but it's very close. You know, <laughs> yeah. and it's like okay, so that that's all that matters. That's all that matters to you. It was close and cheap, right? Um, you know, here's a guy again. Uh, I really want to do it. I'm gonna bike 30k. It's insane. 30k. Then you, and, you and, train and, and then you bike back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? That's nuts. But that's what it meant. It yeah. meant that yeah. much to do it. So. You know, I, I remember when I was. Um, I think I was 18 or 19 years old. Um, I was just after Cégep. Yeah. Between, uh, I think I was between Brébeuf and Hautes uh, Études Commerciales, HEC. And I, ha I wanted to get a, a job. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, I had gotten a job. And these people, it was in uh, telecommunica telecommunication back mm -hmm. then, long distance and so on. And... The people um, uh, in charge of that department were hosting this lady who was coming to pitch uh, a seminar with Anthony Robbins. Mm -hmm. And I actually went. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, you know, a very extraordinary experience because, A, it's something I was probably the youngest guy in, in the whole room. Right. It was uh, Palais des Congrès. But I remember afterwards uh, documenting myself on who was Anthony Robbins because right. I really didn't know much about him when I when I actually attend I couldn't really afford all the books and tapes and sure. whatever he was selling on site yeah. so it's afterwards that I met people who put me in contact with with his material but uh, the point I want to make is that he was in the business of being in contact with some of the most accomplished people in their field, right. in his case was business, yeah. and transmitting the information to people who would be inspired by the story yeah. of those who uh, did it. Yeah. And it really inspired me in terms of shaping years later the idea of this book. Yeah. Um, because, like I said, it had never been done before in this particular field, and because it, it's a passion of mine yeah. but I remember most more than once thinking well Anthony Robbins said this 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 and that because he learned it from this guy this guy and that guy mm -hmm. and you said early, you asked me earlier what surprised me the most yeah. it was not a surprise but it was a confirmation five years after starting the process Mike Tyson also said to me and you have it in the DVD that comes with the book. Okay. He says, I don't care what you say. He was not necessarily referring to me. He was sure. referring to him becoming the heavyweight champion of the world. He said, I don't care what people say, but I really believe that when you see something that you like and you're willing to copy it mm -hmm. and be inspired by it, then you can accomplish it. Right. Yeah. Uh, it does not stand for people who went on the mood for the first time right. or who went around the globe for the first time. But for us today in, uh, in our uh, world, yeah. it is true that the more we are put in contact with people that accomplish great things, the more we will be enthused to either reproduce it or be inspired to do our own. Yeah. 
well, greatness. I think that your story and, and the story of the book is inspiring. Because Thank you. It's the perfect example you know, to me about you, you have an idea. Many people have ideas that never become anything. You know, they don't grow. Uh, and then later you hear, I had that idea, or I wanted to do this, or if this would have happened, I could have been able to do that, or I never got that break, so I never did this. This is all bullshit. Yeah, you had an idea, and it wasn't that important to you, and you let it go, right? Um, so when you see that story, that I had an idea. And it happened to me, by the way, in, yeah. in other things. Yeah, of course. You know? and, and everyone experiences that, because sometimes the thing is just overwhelming, and you think it's too large for you. and uh, Or they're not enough, important enough, like yeah, you said. They would have been great but yeah, but I'd this was important enough for you. correct and you know now we're sitting here with the book right and people can get it they can see it they can read it they can be inspired by the story and i think i like what you put at the beginning where you say yeah people said they don't want to hear about your problems your problems making the book are as interesting as anybody's problems uh in their career fighting because it's the same fight it is. It's the same it, you're fight, right. It is. You know? It is a fight. Yes. But but they, I didn't want. I didn't yes, want the are, introduction or the book to be. It's not about me. Yeah. It's about them. Yeah. Uh, well, that's why we got to talk me. about. The book. <laughs> you know? They're gonna pick up the book. They're gonna read about the fights. That's great. But they should also know what what when uh, a person had to go through to get those interviews. Had to go through to put the book together, and is going through to try and help boxing. And again, if they don't have an interest in fighting. They have an interest in improving their life and learning about determination. That's what the book's about. It's about being Absolutely. determined. And if determination is not the most universal, beneficial thing that people can have in life, then I don't know what is. You're absolutely so, right. So uh, there's no better reason. That's why, like you were saying, a lot of you know, women gifting it to their husbands, they probably think they're gifting them a boxing book, which is nice. And they are. <laughs> but they, they actually will benefit from that Everybody most probably. Will. Yeah, yeah. Because you're going to, you know, they're going to read stories about their favorite fighters, but the story can come right back there. That same guy can tell his wife, hey, you're not going to believe what this guy went through for this. And yeah. maybe they're thinking, maybe this couple's thinking about starting a business, they hate their jobs, and they're thinking, you know what, maybe we have to take a chance. Maybe we have to also do this, yeah. you know, and get inspired. Yeah. And I, I think it's going to inspire a lot of people. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, buddy. Always a pleasure. <laughs> Thanks.